The following sermon from guest preacher Roland Kramer was preached at Emanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Please visit us at 2100 Noble Road in Raleigh or on the web at ebcraleigh.com. And now, here's Roland Kramer. Is your heart full? Full of praise to our great, awesome God who's provided such a wonderful salvation for us in his son, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful time of worship. Thanks to everyone who uh, participated in leading us in worship through music and prayer and offering and all these wonderful parts of the service that have gone before our time now in the Word. I want to invite you to turn with me to Romans chapter 3. Uh, most of the scriptures that I'm going to be sharing in my message this morning are going to be up on the screen. Thanks to our uh, fellows up in the uh, booth up there. Thank you very much for your assistance with that. And uh, I hope that as you have your uh, bulletin this morning. If you want to take notes of those scriptures, you'll just keep a record of those, and then you can look over them again this afternoon or throughout the week as uh, you think about uh, what God has spoken to us this morning through his word. Let me just uh, pray one more time. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity now to look into your holy word. We are dependent upon you by your Holy Spirit to assist us in these moments that we will be able to read and to understand your word and that you would give us the wisdom to apply that word in our lives individually and corporately as the body of Christ in this place. Transform us, Lord, we pray, through the power of your word we open our hearts and our minds to you. We pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would instruct us in your truth, that you would guide us into a proper response to that truth, and that you would glorify yourself in each of our lives. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Our question this morning in the New City Catechism, question 13, is can anyone, can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? And uh, the answer that is given in the book is, since the fall, no human, no mere human, has been able to keep the law of God perfectly, but consistently breaks it in thought, word, and deed. Now, I can relate to that very well this morning. I trust that you can as well. Uh, sin's a problem, isn't it? Sin's a, a real problem for us. But God, in his mercy, has provided a solution for our sin in the person of his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We've been singing about that this morning, these wonderful songs, these wonderful hymns of praise to God and praise to Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. And so we are reminded that none of us can perfectly keep the law of God but consistently breaks it in thought, word, and deed. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, the Apostle Paul, writing to the believers at, at Rome, said this, There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. 
Now, I don't know how many more ways he could have said that to get the point of cross. I think, I think it comes across quite clearly, doesn't it? He's actually quoting Old Testament scriptures here from the Psalms, uh, Psalm 14 and Psalm 53. And uh, he's bringing these all together to drive home this point that there is none who does good, there is not even one, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We can go all the way back to the beginning of the biblical record, to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, when the Lord God looked upon mankind and the situation that was in the world at that time, it says that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great upon the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Can you imagine? Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That was what the Lord saw when he looked upon the hearts of, of uh, people at that time. One found favor, one found grace in the eyes of the Lord in that generation, and that was Noah. And through Noah, God brought about a new start for mankind, and eventually uh, in Christ Jesus, a redemption for mankind. But, but that is what happens when we as human beings are allowed to just go our way in this world. Every intent of the thoughts of our hearts are only evil continually. First Kings chapter 8, verse 46, Solomon was praying at the time of the dedication of that new temple of the Lord God at Jerusalem. And he, in his prayers, uh, was appealing to God that when these certain things happened and the people came to the temple to pray to him and to seek him, that God would bless them. And he said, when they see sin against you, for there is no man who does not sin. Solomon understood as the Spirit of God was upon him and praying through him in that day that there is no man who does not sin. Psalm 53.3, one of those verses that the Apostle Paul quoted in Romans. Every one of them has turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Proverbs 20, verse 9. Who can say, I have cleansed my heart, I am pure from my sin. Ecclesiastes 7.20, Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. Isaiah 53, verse 6, All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Isaiah 64, verse 6, For all of us have become as one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment, and all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 1 John 1.8, If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. The Bible's pretty clear about this subject, isn't it? We all have sinned, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And the reason for that is that there is a root problem that infects all of us as human beings and that has come down from Adam and Eve through every generation since them, and that is that our heart needs help. Our heart is the problem. Jeremiah 17, verse 9, 
the Lord spoke through his prophet and said, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Now, of course, Jeremiah isn't talking about our physical heart, but he's speaking according to the Hebrew view of the heart as representative of the inner person. And the Bible commentator Bert Harold Hall explains it in this way. He says, The heart is Jeremiah's favorite term for the depths of human personality. The heart is the self, the secret self, the unknown self. Did you know that you had an unknown self? You knew you had a secret self, but did you know that you, had, that you have an unknown self? We do, don't we? we? We don't even know ourselves. We don't even know how truly desperate the situation is in our own heart. The heart is the self, the secret self, the unknown self, the totality of one's moral character. And our commentator continues, Jeremiah tells us that the heart is rebellious. That's in chapter 5, verse 23. That the heart is stubborn and evil. That's in chapter 7, verse 24. That the heart is covetous, chapter 22, verse 17. And that it is deceitful and corrupt, chapter 17, verse 9. Can, can we deny any of this? <laughs> is any one of us going to stand up before the Lord and before his word this morning and deny any of this? We can look out upon the world around us if we have to look past our own lives and we can see the things that are going on in our community, in our state, in our nation, and in the world around us every day. We see the parade of wickedness across the pages of the news every evening. The heart is desperately wicked. And this is the problem that we have individually and that we have corporately as mankind. But the Word of God speaks to us at our point of desperation. And it speaks hope into our lives concerning our problem of sin and this root problem in our heart because God has made a righteous provision. This is one of my favorite Bible passages, Ezekiel 36, verses 25 through 27. God promises his people this, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Isn't that a great promise from God? We have this tremendous problem of, the, of the, this desperate situation of the wickedness of our heart. And, and who can fully understand the wickedness of our heart? But God has made a righteous provision that he will take out that heart of stone. He'll take out that diseased heart. And he's going to transplant a new heart that's going to be a heart of flesh. It's going to be a heart that will be sensitive to the presence and leading of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. It's going to be a heart that's inclined to believe and to follow 
uh, in obedience the Word of God, the commandments of God in our life. God is going to do this for us. Not only is He going to change our heart, but He says He's going to put His Spirit within us to cause us to walk in His statutes and enable us to uh, be careful to observe His ordinances. This is exactly what Jesus was talking about when He said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. How, how can we enter the kingdom of heaven? We must be born again. We have to have a new start. Uh, that old heart has to be taken out, and a new heart of flesh that's moved by the Spirit of God needs to be implanted in its place. This is what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. It's what Paul was talking about when he wrote to Titus. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. No longer zealous for wickedness, zealous for unrighteous deeds, but zealous for good deeds for the glory of God, our Creator, and for Jesus Christ, our wonderful Savior. You see, every one of us comes into this world with an inclination towards sin, an inclination towards sin and away from God, who is our righteous, loving, and good creator. And every one of us lives in danger of God's righteous and eternal judgment against us because of our sin. But God, the Word of God says, who is rich in mercy and is not willing that any one of us should perish in our sin, sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, into our world to rescue us from our sin problem. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, came into the world. He took on our humanity, conceived within the womb of Mary by the power of, the, of Almighty God. He is the only human who has lived upon this earth without sin. The only human who has lived upon this earth without sin. He lived in perfect obedience to God the Father's will at every step of his life. And now he calls us to turn away from our sin, to receive his forgiveness and cleansing from our sin and guilt, and to walk with him in righteous obedience to the commandments of God through the empowering presence of God's Holy Spirit. These aren't things that we can do on our own. This isn't self-help. This isn't go down to the bookstore and find the right book, and you'll be able to straighten out your life. There's nothing about that here. This is God's work of grace. This is God's work of salvation. This is God's work of rescue, reaching out to us when we could not help ourselves in any way and saying, here, I will help you, and I will save you from your sin. We sang a couple of Sundays ago, I don't remember how many exactly, but two or three Sundays ago, that song, I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God. And I keep forgetting, you know, because I'm 
that way. <laughs> my, my, my memory isn't all that it used to be. Um, and uh, so sometimes I forget. And I, I change that word. I say, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. And isn't that what the scripture says? That Jesus came to rescue us. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Jesus came to deliver us from the power of sin so that we need no longer live as a slave to that wicked heart, but instead we can live as a slave of, uh, of righteousness to Jesus Christ as he changes us, as he transforms us by his grace and by his power. Not by, not by our effort, but by the spiritual work of God at work in each one of us. The gospel writer Mark tells us that at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, he went about preaching the good news of God, saying, repent and believe the good news. Now, what does repent mean? I think you probably have all, all learned about this, but I'm going to repeat it again this morning just to make sure. To repent means to have a change of heart and mind regarding sin. It means one time in my life, my sin didn't really bother me that much. I enjoyed it. I, I liked the way I was living. And even though it was an offense to God, you know, that was the way I was choosing to live, and, and it was okay by me. But now I've turned around. I say, you know, I don't like that anymore. I want to live in a way that honors and pleases God. And I have a change of mind. I have a change of heart. I have a change of direction in my life because of the grace of God that has quickened within me that desire to honor God, to serve God, to be obedient to his word instead of living my own way anymore and living according to my own desires. God is able to change us. Jesus said, repent and believe the good news have this change of heart and mind regarding sin, a godly sorrow for our failure to follow the righteous commandments of God and a sincere determination to walk in a new direction, following Jesus, keeping in step with him as he leads us in the way of obedience to God, our Heavenly Father's will for our lives. And again, this we do by God's grace as he dwells within us by his Holy Spirit as he teaches us his righteous will, as he empowers us, as Paul said, to say no to ungodliness and yes to the righteous calling of God in Christ Jesus. I sound like that, uh, that car guy, don't I? <laughs> that, that we say yes guy, I'm sorry. But that just, yeah, where did that come from? But, but that's, that's what he's calling us to do, say yes to the righteous call of God in our lives. This is the good news. Jesus Christ, the one who knew no sin, became sin for us, taking the guilt and penalty of our sin upon himself at the cross in order that through his death and resurrection, we could become the righteousness of God through faith in him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? The one who knew no sin became sin for me, became sin for you. He took the penalty of your sin, my sin, your guilt, my guilt upon himself and paid the penalty for us on the cross at Calvary through his death. And then God raised him from the dead on the third day in order that we can also be raised to new life in Christ Jesus. This is the good news. Jesus 
has dealt with our sin problem, and we can put our hope and trust and our faith in him. Have you confessed your sin to Jesus Christ and asked him to forgive you and make you new? 1 John 1, 9 declares that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you trusting Christ Jesus daily to empower you to say no to ungodliness and to keep in step with him? 1 John 1, 7 declares, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We can live righteous lives in Christ Jesus as he dwells within us by his Holy Spirit, as he instructs us according to his word, and as he helps us to say no to sin and to say yes to godliness and the righteousness of Christ Jesus our Lord. We can't do it by ourselves. No mere human can do it. But Christ dwelling in us is the hope of glory, and we can be victorious in his name. No mere human can perfectly keep the law of God, but Christ in us can empower us to righteous obedience day by day as we walk with him. I'm going to ask uh, Jason to come on back and, and to lead us in a uh, closing song as a beautiful invitation. Come ye sinners, poor and needy. Uh, God has made a provision for you in Jesus Christ. Put your hope and your trust in him. Experience his forgiveness, his cleansing, his empowerment for new life. You've been listening to a message from Emmanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and free access to other messages, please visit us at ebcraleigh.com.